1: Right, hello, welcome to the mouth of manliness. This is another uh, lockdown episode. Uh, we are via Zoom with a very wonderful guest, artist Gary Mansfield, who I'm quite pleased to say has become a bit of a mate to me. Yeah. it's really nice. Like we've um, we've chatted a lot, haven't we? I did your podcast the other day, but generally we've had a few chats on here, and um, we've become Pretty good mates. I like it. Yeah, we got to sort of uh,
0: experiment with Zoom, didn't we, between us?
1: Yeah, Gary kind of taught me how to do uh, uh, kind of video interviews, and now I'm just using it to death. Uh, yeah, but but I,
0: only, I, I really only had about five, five or ten minutes more experience than you.
1: <laughs> no. Well, we worked it out together, didn't we, mate? It was really cool. So Gary, Gary has an art podcast called The Ministry of Art, um, and he has interviewed me, which is quite uh, was quite humbling, really. And but he's actually interviewed like masses and masses of artists. How many how many podcasts have you had out? It's up to sixty
0: nine now. I was doing it weekly, then I shortened it to every or lengthened it rather to every fourteen days. Just because it was getting a bit too much to um, just to bring one out while I'm working and stuff, you know, every week.
1: Yeah. So uh, you've had some big names, haven't you? You've had like Turner Prize winners. Yeah, I've
0: done. I've done all right. I've, d- I've done okay.
1: Done
0: um, it was handy because I knew him before I'd done the podcast anyway.
1: Right. So um, for those who don't know, Gary uh, does these really fantastic um, drawings. Artwork, um, and you might have seen them. Uh, he will make like a, a padlock, and it'll be made up of like hundreds and hundreds of little tallies. You know, like four lines with a with a line through it, um, and they're 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 really quite fascinating. I think uh, you can look at them for ages, and sometimes you have like writing around them, don't you? A little sure. bit of writing in them. Um, there's just a lot to take in, um, and you've done really well. Haven't you?
0: You've done right. I was um, they're ticking all
1: the boxes at the moment, yeah, yeah. So it's amazing, you've done amazingly well. But what's more interesting, and partly the reason for kind of why I wanted to get you on, really, apart from the fact that you're a really good guy, um, is, the there fact is that. that, yeah, there is that, <laughs> but, but like your journey to become an artist is quite a strange, it's quite a different time, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not many like me out there, that's for sure. No, but uh, as you were saying, like someone said um, art needs more voices like yours.
0: Yeah,
1: Um, I I agree. I did a podcast with uh, Rich Wilson the other day. Oh,
0: nice.
1: He said, um, like, mental health needs more voices like ours. Mm. Like normal voices, people like working class, normal kind of people. Although, yeah, I wouldn't put myself in a normal bracket, but you know what I mean. So, um tell me a little bit about uh shall we start then with um how you came to discover art
0: right well i'll have to go back a couple of years before i grew up in dagenham in essex um working class family single parent family um i always enjoyed getting into trouble a bit more than most um i like the thrill of being chased and told off and you know that just being a Fucking tear away, really, but that stayed with me throughout my life. Um, then I got into the fake clothing when the casuals come out in the sort of mid-80s. Um, and I worked my way up from being a sort of street vendor to then supplying the street vendors and then supplying the ones who supplied the street vendors. So I was working my way up the ladder and I was, at the same time, I was, I had a security company, we had a lot of nightclubs where we was doing dorm and we was doing everything that went off the back of that, bodyguarding, debt collecting, all that sort of shit that involved, you know, brawn rather than brains.
1: Um, I, I think your headphones are feeding back. Oh, are they? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's better. I've only got one in. That's probably Is that better? Fine. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> everyone. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Yeah, so it's just, do you want me to redo that bit? No, I don't cut anything
0: out. Oh, okay. Sorry, fair enough. Um, Yeah, so it come to a point where I just met this new guy who was supplying me. Um, And he was from from Essex. Um, And I've been getting my clothing off of him for about four, five, six months and i told him that i was going up to liverpool to visit some friends he asked if i could um drop some of the labels off to his guys in birmingham on my way out there who we were sort of stitching them into the clothing so i agreed um he was giving me a few quid to go up there that i pay for my um weekend away so i picked him up uh, picked these bags up from a, like a lorry park in essex um, to take him up the up to Birmingham, and as I put me in my car and pulling out, all of a sudden, police come from everywhere. armed police? They put my window through. They dragged me out of the car. Oh, really? What straight yeah. away? Yeah, as soon as like. Well, I thought it was a car chase because I saw it in my rearview mirror as I was reversing out, and I thought it was a police van chasing a police car. Yeah. Then it's coming to the lorry park. Um. Yeah, it's it's coming to the lorry park. I'm reversing out, a woman's jumped out, come running towards me. I thought she was the one getting chased, and I thought she was going to like try and hijack my car or something. But just as she got to my car door, that's when my back window went through. And The doors, it, it was strange, because all this happened in like, it was, it happened in like two or three seconds, but it felt like I was watching a movie, you know. It felt like it was about a ten minute thing. Before she even got to me, my door flew open. And I was getting dragged out, and and I could still see her coming towards me, but it turned out to be like another copper. And they've got me, they've stood me up, and uh, I've put my hands in the air, and one of them's kicked my left foot away, and I've gone down and hit my chin on the roof of the car, and I've turned down to give him a clump. Uh, and there was another one there with a, like a machine gun pointing the gun at me. He's going, go on, go on, and I was like, fuck, they're trying to trying to kill me you know trying to get me
1: well no, like there was any need for all I, that i know but
0: they was they was all fired up you yeah. Know?
1: yeah
0: so even they was being that ott even this woman who turned out to be a customs officer she's jumped not jumped in front was a bit of an exaggeration she sort of stopped the cop she's going to calm down he's complying or something like that oh because one of them give me a, a dig up the ribs with a trunction as well just before but as i as i was going down he's giving me a dig in the ribs um, but anyway i've got arrested. um turns out it wasn't um clothing labels in there it was heroin and it wasn't a little bit of heroin it was 4.2 million pounds worth so fifty kilos of heroin, yeah. And the worst thing is, I had fuck all to do with drugs, but all, all my career, I mean, all the time I was a criminal. Yeah. Never, I'd watched in the club since the race started. Never took a pill. Never sold a pill. I, I just weren't into drugs, you know. Never had a line of gear. Tried to join once or twice. weren't my thing. And now I'm
1: lumbered with fucking fifty kilos of heroin, you know. So you got proper <coughs> up, and they were probably waiting for you. Yeah, yeah. It
0: turns out they was looking at this, the, the guy I was getting it off, this guy Sid, they knew that he was receiving it, because it turned out, it turned up just before I got there. Yeah. So they knew it was going to him, but they didn't know it, where it was going after that. You know, that's what we found out in court and through the paperwork we received and that. They was just waiting, and they didn't know who was bringing it, to this lorry park and who was picking it up so they was just waiting for someone to get um drugs out of or big bags out of one car and put them in another you know and it just so happens that it was me they saw um yeah found out down the police station that it was drugs went off me went off me nut a bit you know and the guy who sort of who was in between me and this sid the one who sort of set me up um, he turned up in the police station just when I found out what it was. And um, it was, it was this was a strange old feeling because I, I, I'd i gone. When they said it was heroin, I, I'm like, proper freaked, Yeah. And as I was freaking, and the, like, the coppers were just trying to calm me down, it was just as they took my cuffs off in the, in the custody suite at the, the Nick. And I've, I've had the chains and the doors opening, and they've brought the fella in who, who was in between me and this Sid, like the one who's got me involved with this fella. And I went fucking heroin and I was gone running over towards him. And I mentioned this a few times. It was like, as I'm running towards him to batter the life out of him, you know. Yeah. And I felt this resistance. It was like, know when you are in a swimming pool when you was a kid and you're running around and you can't run as fast as you'd like to. That's what I was feeling, this resistance. Yeah, but the resistance turned out to be a copper round my neck, one round my waist, and I'm fucking dragging one along with... My right or left foot. He was just holding on to my, to one ankle, trying to grab the other, you know? So you
1: kind of lost that consciousness that they were there. Gone completely. So that red mist, which I'd only had once or twice in my life,
0: when you just become oblivious to your surroundings and you're just like a fucking Jack Russell
1: on a rat, you know what I mean? Yeah. So you said earlier that uh, you were, it was just your mum so does that do you think that had any bearing on kind of how things played out
0: well i don't know i've always thought possibly it will but my brother wasn't like me my brother's about three or four years um younger than
1: me and he's not like me at all so that can't be the factor well, I suppose we all respond differently to things. Um, it, I, I tell you, the reason I ask is, it's all that that kind of thing is always thrown around. You know, like well, missing dads. What do you expect? You know, young gang members because their dads aren't around, and like, and I, ne- I never really like the way it's just thrown around as like a, as, as accepted as fact.
0: Yeah, and it, and as if it's hereditary as well. Because oh, my dad was a criminal. Um, I was a criminal, and he never lived with me. And I thought maybe it's in the fucking blood. So when I had kids, and by this point, I'd my mindset had changed from being a criminal to being an artist, or and being a non-criminal.
1: Yeah.
0: I didn't want anything of my background to be um, in his blood, if you like. So I, treat, I was so stern on him as he was growing up, ov- overly stern. Um, didn't want him doing anything like I used to do, you know? In case. I was trying to figure out what it was that made me turn out like I did, so I just stopped him doing anything at all that I did when I was a kid, in case that was the the key or the trigger that turned me. You know.
1: Yeah, like I, I think um, like that's how you solve the problem, and you know, like you it's stop like this
0: virus. You stay in, you stop any contact yeah. to break this to break the chain.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. So, did you like when you were growing up? Was it pretty tough? Like yeah, it was. Well, it was in the in the eighties
0: and the you know late seventies when it was the mods and the skinheads. There was a lot of um racism about. There was a lot of you know. It was it was one of them where you'd get fucking beaten up just by looking different from from someone else. You know.
1: Yeah, I I, I think I kind of started to kind of come of age a little bit after that. I do remember that stuff. But I, I think look, I've got
0: a couple of years on you, anyway.
1: Yeah, I'm but, 44. Ah, oh. oh, see, I'm 51.
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah. Mm. Oh. Fat face, it pulls all the wrinkles out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> if exactly. I lose it,
0: if <laughs> I lose a lot of weight, I'll end up looking 60.
1: You never, you never look skinny <laughs> when you get older. i want not loads older. So when, um, so you've, so what happened then? So you got, you found out it was heroin. Which must have just scared the living shit out of you. After the anger, it's like, oh, fuck, I'm fucked.
0: Yeah, I, well, I knew that with the amount of drugs that I had, I was likely to get about an 18. About 18 years, if I was found guilty. Now, I know it sounds obvious. You go, well, fucking hell, he's got £4.2 million pounds worth of drugs in his car. Yeah. Of course he's guilty. But I was going on the thing that I had no idea what it was. Yeah, And if I could... As much as I don't have to prove that, I had to prove that because yeah, it, it looks so fucking dodgy. Mm. Because in the eyes of the law, I didn't know what it was. I shouldn't have been found guilty. But I'm in the position, I'm in, you know, it's, it's this big chain of people and I've got a bad criminal record anyway. The, you know, I, the police have been on me, you know, for years. Um, so, you know, you fucking take your chance.
1: Yeah, I suppose they just say it's possession, wouldn't they? Yeah. So you just get fucked with possession because you you are in possession of it to all intents and purposes. But only for like a moment. Yeah. Yeah. But it's but been moments... It, that... oh, so your mitigation, like they didn't have any didn't really have an angle. Did you plead not guilty, didn't it? Oh, of course. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um I yeah, I just told them exactly what any and normally I would just make up anything at it. Or just go no comment, no comment, you know. we're I I mean I went no comment in my interview, but when I went to court, um, I just told them the fucking truth. And I thought, well, if I tell them the absolute, I mean I didn't give names or anything like that, yeah. but I told them exactly um my side of the story. They asked who I was going to visit, I said friends. They said what friends? I said friends. I was not gonna give fucking my friends are proper at it up in Liverpool, you know. Yeah. Um and it came to a point when the prosecution did say to me, "Is Sid in this room?" And he had been arrested, oh, yeah. and he was in front of me. And the thing is, I used to I used to work with some really big names. Um, before I got arrested, like villains, you know, mm. and they was about as, as sort of big as you can get without throwing any names about. Yeah. And when I'd spoke to them, they was all going. When you get in the dock, just point and go. Yeah, that's him. That's the fella who stitched me up, because they've they've put me in this position unwittingly, you know. So even these fucking well-known gangsters were going, "You're entitled to," or "He should be standing up and going." It weren't him. It was me, you know, like taking the dairy off me. But he didn't. And when they were saying to me, just just fucking stand up and pointing, I was going, "I can't. He ain't." it ain't in me. And I, I was living by them soppy fucking unwritten rules, you know, that's the one thing you don't do. And they was going like, well, if anyone comes and, you know, calls you, just point them in our direction. Tell them that, you know, we're fucking, and I was going, I can't, it's not, it's not me. And when they said he's sitting in the room, and I've looked up and I looked over to him and he's just put his head down. And I went, no, and at that point, when I said no, I knew I'd fucked myself. I knew I was gone. Yeah. But I felt proud for that moment that I'd done what I regarded at that point in my life as the right thing. I stood up, I was counted, done what I thought was right and suffered consequences. But as soon as I said no, he's looked up, looked over his family and went, yes, with a big grin on his face. And done one of them little fucking fist pumps. And it was, at that, it was at that point when I looked at him and I just thought, you cunt. I yeah, just yeah. fucking sailed myself down the river and you can't even fucking acknowledge me and give me a nod, you know what I mean? And that that was at the point, that was the start of me wanting to get out of that fucking life because there were so many monkey cunts like him. Yeah. In that game. You know, everyone goes, oh, yeah, it's, we'll look after our own. Yeah, and that's, that's all bollocks, yeah, you know what I mean? The There's a few of them, but they're at the bottom of the ladder. The ones at the top of the ladder, they are fucking no good. They're like him, they're all fucking wrong
1: I say that to people all the time, like, at work, and they're like, no, no, but my mates, my mates, my mates. I'm like, yeah. No. Mates now. But If they're really your mates, they that' not want you to get into shit. And they're like, "Yeah, yeah don't understand. I'm like, <laughs> I understand more than you know. Yeah. Oh, shit. So then, what did you get then?
0: Well, I ended up getting a fault in. Right. And. Um, as I say, I've got it in my head that I'd be getting out of jail when I'm 35. Yeah. Um, cause I know you have to do half the sentence.
1: Yeah.
0: So when I got, off, when I got told I was getting a 14, in my head, although it's only, it was a couple of weeks after I'd been sentenced yeah. to when I was uh, found guilty to when I was sentenced. And in that fortnight I probably I won't get, I could feel myself slipping away mentally because of what's happened, the treachery, and you know, it's it's them bad things when you've been had over that really affect you. And I could feel them. And I I don't know how, I couldn't explain how I went the other way or stopped myself from doing it. But there was like a little something, like a little switch inside, for instance, I must have just sort of pressed to stop getting myself down. And then um, I just started reevaluating and just going, right, I'm gonna be doing a nine, that's it. When I got to court, he said 14. So I'd already just done two years. I'd had two years knocked off my mental sentence, you know, if you know what I mean. Two years on remand? No, no what I meant was I'd done a year on remand, but because mentally I'd put myself as getting an 18 and doing nine, yeah. when he said I've got 14, which meant I only had to do seven, okay. mentally I've just done two years in my – do you know what I mean? Yeah. So now I'm getting out when I'm 33. Yeah. And I was I wouldn't say I was happy, but people think I was fucking a bit odd when I say this, but I genuinely looked over to the, to the judge and give him a nod as if to go thank you because I the minimum, the absolute minimum I could have got was fourteen years. So he gave me the absolute minimum, which to me sounds like he fucking believed me. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Uh,
1: yeah. Uh, I, I've been in call so many times and um you kind of get the sense that the judge is acknowledging the situation. Yeah.
0: Well, the judges have a sliding scale. They yeah. had, for my category, they had 14 to life. That, that was, you know, that was it. And anything in between those. And he gave me 14. Yeah. And as I say, mentally, I, I prepared for 18. And I've done, you know, he'd it, it given me that.
1: The other guy doing the fist bump probably helped as well because it then just made him look really fucking guilty. Yeah. Shit, so... When... So... You... Yeah, so I was thinking like, by the time you actually then went into jail, like, you'd already been in for a year on remand. Yeah. Well, Remand's got to be the worst, though, surely. Remand's no. got to be... Uh, it's the easiest bit of
0: bird. Yeah, uh, easiest bit of jail time. Because you've got so much more freedom. Uh, Once you get convicted, it's you've got a different mindset anyway because you've got that bit of hope when you're on remand, yeah. 50-50, am I going to get away with it, am I not? As soon as you've been sentenced, you've got a sort of, it's as if another a dial goes off in your head because you have a completely different mindset, you know. Now I'm going, right, I've got seven years, to, or another six years left. But on the flip side to that, I was like, when you look forward to seven uh, to six years, yeah, that's an awful fucking long way away. <laughs> yeah. And at that point, I was angry with them, with the court system for not believing me. I was angry with fucking everyone. So, and again, I say this to a lot of people: I really wasn't the person that you're speaking to today. I was a completely different person, you know. Yeah. oh Excuse me. Just a phone. Um. Yeah, completely different person. So. I went a bit the other way, you know, I went a bit more violent and I was, I went, I was a bit of an arse when I got nicked, I went even more of an arse for about, I don't know, four months
1: or something, four, five, six months. I've got a mate who did quite a long stretch and he did the same it kind of got stitched up, and then he did pretty much the same. He went for a really long period. I think he got like six years, and he did at least half of it was hard time because he was just so angry. Yeah. Well, I
0: think a lot of it, Nick, as well, is is like self-preservation, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because you go, right, right. Because you're feeling so fucking weak, or me personally, when I look back, I, I can't think my mindset at the time because I was in a, you know, a wrong place. Yeah. But... When I look back at it, I think it was like a self-preservation. I was feeling so weak, vulnerable, uh, and, and a victim, really, because I've mm. been fucking that over. I'm mugged off, you know, completely. So I was feeling a bit of a lesser man. So I was trying to prove to myself and others around me, I ain't just been mugged off. You know, that's, you know, trying to sort of do it that way, you know. Yeah, um,
1: so did you have um, kids in that and no, that? time? no,
2: no.
1: Okay, so that's a bit... Yeah, so it's good. A bit easier. How old were you when you went in on the...? 26. Right. Oh, yeah.
0: And the, the thing is, I said it when I was away at the time, I had such a fucking good life. Uh, if you look at it, um, I mean, some people say it was fucking crazy, but I was in the rave scene when it started. I fucking loved it. Uh, um as I say, I never took pills and all that, but I love that scene. I love the people. Mm-hmm. I was around the um, like the lap dancing and all that when that kicked off, and we was doing the, like you know, we was doing stuff with the girls, taking them around. It was just a fucking real fun time, you know. I was I was having it with some celebrities at the time who were sort of, you know, like the, the Freddie Star and you know them sort of people at the time. they were my mates it was going away with them having just it was just a real fucking good point of my life yeah everything was going really i I was living an exciting life you know we're getting into lots of tear-ups i was involved with the people like the gangsters that you read about in books you know they were my mates it was all just it was like living in a fucking film do you know what i mean yeah and then all of a sudden it was just taken away it was hard it was hard but then it could just got adjusted because normally when you go into a prison yeah you have, you have to yeah. sort of prove yourself you know when you walk in you have people looking down um, just like you see in the films you know people were looking down off the other landings looking at you but when I went into Chelmsford Nick and Chelmsford not much goes on in Essex really as such on a day-to-day basis when I got nicked and then it got to the prison before I got there, that this bloke, being me, um, when the police pointed a gun at me and hit me with a truncheon, I turned around and attacked the copper with the gun, which didn't happen, but yeah. I weren't gonna fucking say that, didn't you? I was gonna run with it. So when we walked into the jail, or you know, when I walked in and everyone's looking down at us, normally when people stare at you and sort of try and half intimidate you, people weren't even looking at me in the eye, you know? They so
1: were you like were safe. Hmm? So you were safe, like yeah. oh yeah, as soon as
0: you went I to. Yeah, well, it turns out I knew a few. But every jail I went to, I knew yeah a few people in there anyway. You know, so it's handy.
1: So, so was it? I guess what I'm trying to get to is that like, I know there was the point when you kind of when you started doing artwork, and I just wonder if there was any kind of point prior to that where you were like. You know those moments when you like think like you're really down, and then you make sense of things or anything like that. Yeah, I, I mean,
0: I can't, I can't say a specific point, but I know this is the specific moment in time. You know that, that sort of general area was when I got nicked. I just, I was just thinking then. You know the, these fuck, these people who are higher up the ladder, a lot of them I've seen to be untrustworthy. You know. And I thought, I don't want to be a part of them. When I got to the jail, and you've got a lot of prisoners, most of them are just all right people. You know, you'd get on with, you know, you work in that field. Most of them are all right people. A lot of them are fucking nasty, horrible shitbags. And when I was around them, and people who I put myself on a similar run to, I was looking at them, and they were, I, I just didn't like the way they were acting. And I saw that they were acting rather than them being themselves. Yeah. And then in my head, I'd be going, oh, fucking, I can't have it with, with these people. And they're, they're me, you know. And then I was thinking, that what I don't like about that person. I did that. When I hear someone, when I say something in a conversation to someone, and I go like, uh, this is one I do remember. When I go, oh, yeah, it's one of your own. And then I cringe because I fucking hate that at one of your own, you know, that sort of gangster-y bollocks.
1: Yeah.
0: And then I'd catch myself saying things, and it was then I started to realise there was things about me I didn't like. And it wasn't until I got into the art class, and just by chance, I'd yeah, i never into art, um, the tutor there was really funny. He was a really funny, he was like Basil Forty. He was just constantly having a go at people, he was, well, I always explained him as a camp, that uh, Basil, like Camp Basil 40. Yeah. And he was just really fun. And he was great to be around. And he'd he give me a drawing exercise. I've done it. It looked like what I was meant to draw. He'd give me another one. I've done it. It looked like what it was meant to do, you know? And I thought, fucking hell, there is a little something in me that, that that's here. Yeah. And then he gave me some art books, started reading them, and I was enjoying them. All of a sudden, it grew and grew. And someone gave me the um, the Sensations catalogue, which was on at the time, which is one where Damien Nurse, cut the Cow in Half, and, you know, the Myra Hindley. Um, he's given me that. I've looked through it. Probably it was a load of shit. Um, I thought, you know, anyone can do that, that type okay. of art, you know. Um, but in amongst it was a, uh, a colander that was upside down. Just like a normal vegetable colony with all nuts and bolts in the holes and i was going like how's this a fucking artwork you know it's a trip down b and q and you
2: know
0: a tenner spent you know and then he said well i like, have a read of it and it was he let me take the, the catalog back to my cell overnight and i was looking and I, I looked at this particular one and i turned it up and I turned it upside down i turned it over because it was on like this little postcard and it was um, an artist called Mona Hatoum, and she was either Palestinian living in Lebanon or Lebanese living in Palestine, one of, one of the two. She'd come to the UK to study. There was a regime change at home. She was no longer allowed back. And this upside-down colander acted as a, like a barrier over her homeland. The nuts and bolts were um, blocked entrances and exits, you know, so there was no way in getting back. So I don't know if it was just my environment where I was, it's resonated with me, you know, and I've gone like, how can she explain all of that in just a trip down to B&Q with a bag of nuts and bolts and a colander? And then that sort of made me look at that. That's called conceptual art because yeah, they're I know, talking that's about
1: where you go, ah, oh, conceptual art. Yeah. Yeah, because they're
0: talking about the concept rather yeah, than yeah, what yeah. it's made of. And that's, yeah. that just made me realize, well, of course, it's not. It's a, what I've, I've always explained it that conceptual art is just a 3D representation of an idea. Um, and that's exactly what it was. And then that made me look at all this other artwork in different eyes yeah. and give it a bit of time yeah, rather yeah. than just look at something. Like when you look at a person, you go, oh, I don't like the look of him. think yeah. could be the nicest person ever, you know. Um, it was that it's sort strange. of thing.
1: You might of thinking about things a little bit, didn't it? You know, like, yeah, definitely. You know, like, uh, so many people go, like, fucking Warhol, what, it's a fucking, it's Campbell's suit can, And you're like, no. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. More to it than that, and like, and if you just want to see it like that, that's fine. Um, but yeah, you that moment when you go from what about the old shit to fucking hell. So what? <laughs> it's just become <laughs> like, the most powerful
0: yeah. bit of work I've ever seen. You know. Yeah. And then I wanted to know more about it. Right. So went up into the prison library the next day, and they only had stuff about. French masters, you know, and Italian masters. They didn't have anything about relevant stuff, you know. It's definitely not like this. It was very cutting edge. So in the back of the catalogue, it had all the artist names and the galleries that represented them. So I'd been doing quite a lot of drawings at this time, like cartoon stuff, for phone cards or for stamps or for tobacco, you know, for two other cons. Um, so I sent a few people rather than pay me a phone card or tobacco give me some stamps so I wrote a letter to 32 of these artists and I thought I figured it was like (laughs) it sounds a bit sexy but it's it's how I used to be at the end of the of a nightclub in the in the like 90s you'd go and talk to 20 30 different girls in the hope that you know you know one of them might
1: Fishing
0: with a net rather than a rod. I dig that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I thought. I thought, you know, right to all of them in the hope that I might get
1: one reply. I just don't want to miss something that you said earlier about, um, like, when you looked at other people, you saw them doing things that you do and you didn't like. like. That's quite an amazing thing, Gary, I think. You know, so many people go for their whole lives... Without really being self-aware, yeah, uh, and that—that's quite an amazing thing to kind of come to that point. Because most people don't, like, they but they may decide to give up that life. But it's not normally on those kind of grounds. It's like I just yeah. fucking enough getting nicked. But to say like, oh, I see something in you, and now I've got fucking intelligence enough to think, look at myself. Yeah. That's, that impresses me, shit like that. I mean, Sorry. there
0: was, and uh, no, that's quite right, but there was a, you know, that didn't just come like that. That was a, you know, a, a progressive route that I took yeah, to get there. Problem, and it'd be like on that same sort of thing, it would be where, um, like in, in the jail I was in, there was violence, so much stabbings, and it, it was awful. You know, they're constantly running around with a defibrillator. Yeah. Um, but like you'd see someone, sharpening a blade or someone would go like look could you just hold this blade for me until it's time to kick off and then put it over there and I'll, you know because i'm going to go and fucking stab someone and you would it's just part it sounds crazy but it's just you don't know the person but you're helping them out because you just help each other out mm. but you always just like on one of the things on that same sort of thing we was talking about at one point i went well, what are you doing that for he said, he owes me a, a phone card, like a £4 phone card. I went, so you can open him up over a £4 phone card? And he went, well, yeah, because there is more, you know, it is about yeah, the fucking yeah, front yeah, But still. And I went, and and because I was pretty flush in there, you know, with phone cards and tobacco, and stuff, I went, you yeah, know, a take the fucking £4 phone card. I'm not, leave him. Don't open him up. You know, he was, he was like a junkie who couldn't pay. You know, and he's going to get opened up over a £4, sorry, stabbed over a £4 phone
1: card.
0: I just took a phone card, I said, yeah, I have a £4 phone card, i pay his debt for him. You know, that sort of thing. Because in there, you justify everything. Someone's going to get severely hurt over something stupid, and you just go, yeah, he fucking deserves it. It's
1: so (laughs) small, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. everything just gets blown up. It's like now... You know, everyone's indoors so things just yeah. get blown up. Where on a normal day, or a normal place, you'd be like, well, it don't matter.
0: But then I liked the fact, I like what I got from it, and I don't know what it was, but I like the feeling I got from it about bucking the trend, not yeah. being one of them. You know, I don't know whether I, mentally, I might have thought I was better than them. I, I, don't, I don't know what it was, but whatever it was, it was a feeling that I liked, Yeah, and I wanted, to go down that route and because i had quite a reputation in there anyway as being you know a fighter and that sort of thing yeah not a lot of people would question me but then other people would come out and getting on to mental health when um i started noticing um, when it was that people because depression's fucking rife in there
1: yeah.
0: so is self-harm suicide um or taking your own life rather and um, but you get to know when someone's starting to go down that path, you know? And you do get in there, the other cons do rally around to try to bring them back out of that dark place until it gets to a point. I don't know whether it's inside all of us, but when you know that person's gone a bit too far for you to help. And it doesn't get discussed, but you sort of pull away from the person because it, it sort of becomes um as, as if you're catching it you know it, it yeah. sort of becomes yeah. a bit too much for you to handle possibly yeah. and everyone does back off at the same point um and then as i say you see people setting themselves on fire in there cutting themselves or doing whatever yeah. and i did i did just think it's so fucking easy not to get to that point you know or to to get the person just before, and I did realise that it was fucking talking, like, you know, like you do, and and that it's become an open thing now, or or more open, rather. Yeah. Whereas going back into like the mid to late 90s, especially in prison, no one talks about fucking feelings or being weak because people fucking pounce on you. Yeah. But because I was in that position where people wouldn't pounce on me, I started fucking using it. So if I saw someone I thought was on that slippery slope and I knew that just talking to someone helps, I, I'd realise that. Yeah. Because I've always been quite open myself, but I was very picky on who I spoke to, you know.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but I'd go up to them and I'd say, even if I didn't know them that well, I'd go up to them and I'd go, can I just borrow you for a minute? And like, you know, they thought I was going to get a good hiding in my cell. <laughs> and on the way there, I'd go like, look, I've, even if I didn't know him that well, I'd say like, I've seen you about. I know that you're a fucking nice bloke. I just want to talk to you a minute. So I go in there, and they're a bit worried because they think they going to get you know clumped or whatever. And I say, listen, I've just, do you mind if I have a chat? I Don't repeat it to anyone. I've just been dumped by the other half, and I don't really know what to do. And then like, oh fuck! And then you said that? Yeah, I just like make up the story, you know.
2: Wow!
0: So to, to make them see this big yeah. strong bloke and go fucking you know, who is vulnerable? Is that was my thinking, and 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 but it it was proven to work. You're genius! So so then I'd go like, oh my, my fucking other half dumps me, and I don't know what to do. I've been with her for I don't know a year, like pen pal type, bird, you know. Um. And it's fucking really good. What do you reckon I should do? Like she's been seeing someone else or, you know, something like that. And then all of a sudden it's giving them a bit of, because most of the time with depression, I found, and this is through no, you know, I've not read this anywhere, but I, I always realised that it's when you lose a bit of your own self-worth.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's... So
0: I'm, um, in my head, I was like trying to give them a bit of that. You know, although that was fake, I was trying to give them a bit. And then they'd go, well, no, I don't think you should do that. For instance you now like i might say I was, I was going to get the fucking fella talk to me mates and get him bashed up outside yeah and then for instance they might go well most of the normal most of the regular cons would have gone yeah fucking do him but you know this guy the one i'm talking about he went no nah, that's you know he's, he's done nothing wrong he doesn't know you know so then we were having this discussion yeah and then after a little while i go oh thanks for that you know i appreciate that Shook his hand and I go, Well, you won't tell anyone, will you? He goes, No, 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 I won't tell anyone. He fucks off. Next day I say to him, You were right, I've done that, I've done what you said. You know, thanks for that. I really appreciate it. Then he come back and he go, Do you mind if I tell you something? And no, that go on. So he'd be sitting on me or on the guest, on the guest chair, which was the toilet.
1: <laughs> you know, he'd be
0: sitting there and he'd go, Look, can I tell you something? And then he'd tell me what's on his fucking shoulders.
1: But you'd uh, basically just, by saying, "I oh, don't tell anyone, you're showing them that they're safe. Uh,
0: yeah, I, I had no, I was just winging it at the time. Yeah, but like, when, well, you, when well, you look well, back I at think, it, that's exactly
1: what I was doing. Yeah, so, like, you kind of offer a bit of yourself to say, like, oh, look, I get like that. Mm. Um, and then by then saying, um, yeah, don't tell anyone, it's like, then they will trust you because they've got something on you. And then... yeah and vice versa. That's amazing.
0: And I was telling someone else this just a little while ago.
1: Yeah, really good. That I
0: was walking down, I was walking to Liverpool Street from an art gallery uh, called Jealous. Um, And I was walking down to Liverpool Street and it's only about, I don't know, four or five hundred yards. And as I'm walking along, I've heard, Gary, Gary, is that you? I've looked over and I went, all right, mate. And I thought, well, he ain't the arty type because all my friends are artists now, you know. I thought, well, he, ain't, he looks like he's someone from my old... He was going, Gary, Mansfield. And I thought, fucking hell, don't say it's Ag or, you know, someone I've had over in the past. Yeah. He's come running over. And his eyes were glazed as he came to me, right? And I, I, I saw it. I thought this might be where it's a bit windy. He's run across the road or whatever. And he's fucking shaking me by the hand, but with both hands, you know, like a desperate sort of yeah. shake. And he just went, fucking thank you. No, he went, do you remember me? From Swellside, like the, the cranky Joe. I went, oh, fucking hell yeah, I said, I didn't at first, how are you? You know, he might have gone, oh, fucking Colin or something. Yeah. Oh, fucking hell, Carl. yeah, sorry, I didn't recognise you. We, he went, I fucking wouldn't be here if it weren't for you. He said, he said, I didn't want to say anything. He said, but you sat me down once, he said, we had a chat. And fucking hell, I started getting willed up because I was like, fucking, I, I can't, and that's the thing, I can't remember himself. I feel quite bad. And the amount of times I've tried to figure out who he was,
1: well, the thing is, you've already done the good thing. You know, it doesn't matter that you can't remember him, really, because you've done oh, Yeah, crazy. I agree. And and I almost think... Uh, I, th- I was talking about this the other day with someone about how you kind of turn the bad shit into good shit. You know, like, you'd learnt something along the way, uh, and you starting to turn it into something positive. Yeah. Even in that fucking horrible situation, you then started to turn it around. Um, not everyone does that. And that's the thing, not everyone does. It takes a certain type of person to actually fucking do that. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's massive credit to you. Like, I think oh, you, thank can you be aware and pat yourself on the back when shit like that happens. Yeah. So, what, um, so... You sent out all the things, I'm just wary of time. Oh, cool. Uh, you sent out all, the, all those things. Was one of them the, the Lord's? Yeah, the one who died. He died last week. Yeah, I know. I read that your post, it. I messaged you because it was like, what a lovely, lovely story. You know, what yeah. a lovely thing. What a lovely, lovely man.
0: Well, I, I, if I just get, go from where I left off, I sent out 32 letters and I got 28 back from all of those artists, and they were sending me books, catalogues, and I didn't realise at the time that the the people that wrote back to me are now world renowned. You know, they are among the best artists in the world, um, and they was writing to me, and they guided me through my sentence towards a degree. Really? Um, and I've, I've worked with them since um i've met them obviously i've met them since um upon release when i was at uni i'd go to their um like after show parties and that sort of thing then i'd work with them as an artist since i've been out Um, and i was on the phone to one of them yesterday for about 40 minutes just having a little quarantine chat as you do but the person you're talking about was lord bath he was well renowned for being a very what we would call a cranky type of person, you know. He was very eccentric. That's it. He had several, it. several wifelets, he used to call them. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was an artist as potty as a box of frogs. Um, And when I got released, he invited me up to, uh, he used to own Longley, The That's it. That's yeah. it. That's how I knew him. Yeah. So um, he had uh, like, offices in London. He invited me up to the offices, invited me to Longleat. He was just... He was potty, but he was just such, he, he, it doesn't matter what he was. He, like all those other artists, he wrote to a bloke in prison who fucking put his hand out for help. Yeah. And I could have been a crazy-ass murdering rapist, for all they knew. But they, they looked at me just as someone who wanted some help with art. And I appreciated it, and I still do to this day, how... They can't even imagine, you know, and I didn't see this Lord Bath. He, he used to do these um, make these Christmas cards every year and he'd always send me a Christmas card, even if I hadn't spoke to him throughout that year. And then I heard just a couple of weeks ago that he died because of the coronavirus. Yeah. And it was, it really fucking saddened me, you know, that more than it should have done, really. Maybe
1: because he's one of those who
0: sort of helped, you know.
1: I'm not surprised it saddened you, man. It saddened me to read it. It's like yeah. someone actually gave you a chance. You know, like and so often people don't, do they? Yeah. And
0: I know. don't I don't often on social media, I mean as much as I like, will always post other people's stuff for each oh, and, yes, I love and but I never normally, if you look through my posts, I don't normally give too much of me away if you know what I mean, in my art I will, but I won't ever, I really, very rarely put any talk about personal stuff on there. And that was one of the very few times when I've just gone, well, you know, he fucking, people deserve to hear what this, you know, aristocrat, because people see him as being a sort of sexist because he had several of these
1: wives, he was very hedonistic and, you know. (laughs) I just saw him as being, well, I don't know. Like I've, I kind of, like, I don't like sexism, but like I like people who do things their own way. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I had lots
0: of people, when I mentioned him at uni and that sort of thing, I go, oh, I don't like him because of this. And I say, look, I don't care whether any... I, I didn't say it like this because it sounds quite patronising, but in my mind, I was like, I don't give a fuck what anyone says about him. Yeah. He helped me when I needed it. Yeah, yeah. You know, and even if it would have been something bad he would have done, I would have said, yeah, he's an arsehole for doing that, but he helped me once.
1: That was it. So when, so when you were, so you were doing art inside. Mm. Did you do any um, like art qualifications whilst you were inside? Yeah, GMVQ. I
0: started on a level two, which was like the intermediate. Yeah, I done that at Swaleside. And then I got told I could go to another one, another prison, a Category C, because I've done that GMVQ, that enabled me to um, have my categorisation lowered, yeah. and then I went to another jail, and it turns out, they said that I'm going to this other jail and go to college, when I got there, that weren't even an option, and the tutor at that jail was less qualified than the one I'd just left, and she wasn't able to teach me the Grade 3. Like the advanced
1: Oh, really?
0: so i contacted dougie in the other jail and he he sent me through the, the um the guide that the tutors have like this quite big fucking thick thing
1: yeah
0: and i had to, it was all how kind of, it was from the governing body and it's a, a you know it tells the tutors how to teach the lessons and the, what category and that sort of thing yeah so he sent that to me so i've ended up teaching myself the advanced one because of these guidelines that he'd sent me. Yeah. So when I did go to the next jail, when I was allowed out to college, I went there and the tutor said, you know, like show me the work you've done, for instance. And I just got my portfolio out and I just and I had it all in order of this book that he'd sent me.
1: Yeah. And
0: she's got her own book, which is a copy of mine. Yeah. And she's going, Oh my God. Oh my God. You yeah, know, like she'd seem fuck all like it, you know. Yeah. Um, and it, yeah, so I just done it myself.
1: She finished it off. Um, which enabled me then to apply to university. So did you go, so you applied for university, did you have to wait till you got out to go there?
0: Um, Well, I wanted, I could have done it, I could have done it about nine months before, but I wanted to get, I was allowed to go out and get a job, like on a building site or whatever, so I figured I'd be best off giving myself a year or, or a few months to go to work to try and get a few quid in the bank. Yeah. Um, and at this point, I still had a few doors, um, at, as in clubs, yeah. on the go. Like I, When I went away, we had fucking 20-odd clubs. When I come out, I had like two. But I was still getting a bit off the dormant. so I had a little bit of money there. But I thought I'd be better off getting a job, banging all that money away. So when I do start university, I'm not going to be in a position where I might go, oh, fuck it, I'm going do a little bit of skullduggery to get a few quid, right. which puts me back on that route again.
1: It's so, like, but you know what? So many people don't fucking, don't stop and think about it, you know? So many people- No, but
0: because most people haven't got a fucking reason not to want to.
1: Yeah.
0: I did. You know, I had this family of artists that were a substitute to my family of criminals, because everyone I knew before was a criminal. Yeah, And if they weren't a criminal, they was okay with crime, yeah. you know. Like most, you know, most of the people, you know, in the block of flats I lived, they weren't criminals. But if you got hold of any dodgy meat, they'll, they'll buy it, you know. Yeah. So that's the sort of thing I mean. Yeah. But then all of a sudden, I had this shift of a community, if you like, yeah. and then my interest got, you know, absorbed into these people.
1: I mean, so, you know, it, helps, it? it backs up as you're like really chasing out. Like I found, like just chatting, like knowing you. It's really kind of backed me up as an artist because like you go, someone else to talk art about. It helps to be around other well,
0: artists the... people like us. Nick, if you don't mind me saying, we stereotypically we shouldn't be part of that artwork. We should be a tattooist or a sign writer. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They don't. They don't mind that. They don't mind people like. As soon as we crossed the threshold into a bit of fine art, I mean, I saw it straight away with. And I still get it now, you know, years and years down the line. Um, people sort of look when I start talking about art, they think, oh, fucking chance, or I'll, you know.
1: It's funny, isn't it? Because if you think, like, like Damien Urse, Northerner, isn't he? Yeah. Like, he hasn't got any. Working age. class
0: family, single
1: parent. Yeah, Tracy Emin. Like, saying again. And if you think, what, well, were they around, like, 80s now? Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, 80s. but people,
0: people will excuse the. When they're famous, that's different then, because most yeah. people think that these famous people have always been famous. You know, when we look at Bonnie Wood, for instance, as a rock star, he's always been a rock star. Yeah. You know, he, he fucking weren't, you know, not until his yeah, early 20s, true, you
1: know. True. So then what happened then? So, the, where did you go to university? University of East London.
0: Oh, I did and, and at the time, Goldsmiths was the thing because that's where Damien Urson and yeah, come from. Incredible right so i purposely i had you have a list of three and you, you have to put them in order yeah. i had university of east london first then goldsmiths and then it was by i'm sure which has gone there it's part of university of north london or something like that but by i sure was like a drawing school and prestigious as was goldsmiths university of east london is an old what they used to call a polytechnic um, and when I went there, even the tutor said, why have you got University of East London first? And I said, I had it in my head that I was going to be a famous artist because I was—I had that drive, I had that passion. And on top of all that, I was working my bollocks off and I fucking loved it, right? I, I obsessed with it. Yeah. So I thought, well, I'm going to be famous, but I don't want am Shaw or Goldsmiths taking the credit for it. I didn't want to go. Oh yeah, wow. thanks to goldsmiths. Really, really. So, yeah, that was how I had it in my head. know And uh, when I told the to tutors, like who was doing the interview, I one of
1: them it.
0: Yeah, one of them was like nodding. He's pulled someone else out. He's going, to have a look at his portfolio. Just tell him why you want to come to University or East London. And yeah, that was it. And it,
1: yeah, I got in. It's fucking brilliant. So it's did you three years. Mm. God, I wish I do. I, I do sometimes wish I had to finished my degree. I still kind of talk to a few people who um who did finish it. And I don't very, very like maybe one or two still does artwork. Uh,
0: well Grayson Perry opened our third
1: year show, so that was pretty cool. Have you been up to his house, the Julia house? No. Oh no, no, no. It's fucking amazing. Is it? Uh, it's just like nothing else, and it's like uh, on like a hill. There's like houses here, but like, when you look at it, like the aspect of it is there's like you can see the river in the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just got these really rich greens and yellows and bits of red, and it's pretty breathtaking. It's good, like, I, I I didn't think I'd be bothered, and then I went there and I I felt a bit choked looking at it. Good. You know, like I really did, and like, that's the beauty of art, isn't it? Yeah. So you said um. So you said it was like you when we were talking earlier. You said like a bit later on, like so when you came out. I keep saying you came out. <laughs> um, oh, whatever. Yeah, well, yeah, you're like me. We don't care. <laughs> yeah. um, and a, but like you said, that like you had a dip afterwards, like kind of. In meant- my
0: second year. Well, the thing was, I was in. Although, although i had a different mindset when I was in jail. I no longer saw myself as a criminal, right? Yeah. Um, I'd said from doing that um, grade two GMVQ, i did it in my head that if I tried the hardest I can, one, properly one yeah. hundred percent, if I don't get the top grade, then I'm not good enough. If I get the top grade, I'm going to go forward. So I set myself I a little goal, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Either way.
1: Really hard to get a first.
0: Uh, this was for the GMVQ, not R- for the, not, sorry, not for the, what's it? So it turns out, I'm not big-headed often, but when the guy turned up, he said, this is the best I've ever seen at this grade. And I had I'd work everywhere through the education department. Normally, the art class would be divided up into two for two students. I had the art class, the education lower, the education upper, I had the stairs, right. I had, the bucket, had it everywhere. And the tutor said, um, this is advanced level, all of it. Not, you know, there's nothing that wouldn't be advanced level. He said, and that project's going up the stairs, because it was all these different paintings. he said, that's university level. Um, and then that that was that was the, Absolute catalyst when I changed, because even walking back to my cell from that afternoon, my shoulders were back. I was—I've always been a fat fucker, but I felt like fucking lighter. I'm good enough.
1: Yeah, I'm fucking. That's enough. it. I've changed.
0: And I was changed that day.
1: I've still got the letter that I got when I got into like got into art like university, and there was nothing like it. Like I knew yeah. I smashed the interview, but. Actually getting that letter that like, I'm good enough to go to university, like no none of no one I knew had gone to university. Yeah. I was like the first one of us to all.
0: Yeah. But even though I was in a, a category D prison where I was allowed out every day, I started university two weeks before I was released. You two. And I went from a testosterone, violent, hard environment yeah straight into with no break i just merged straight into this liberal um friendly hedonistic probably middle class (laughs) yeah and i should have had that's where i should have had my year out To i never had time to enjoy the freedom my freedom you know i went straight from being prisoner to artist bang back to back
1: older as well than most of the others
0: Yeah, there was a few older ones there. There was probably in a class of about 30. I'd say 10 of them were over 30. Oh, that's not bad. Um but yeah, the first year I was like a dog with two cocks. And I was just like fucking everything women, yeah. And and the thing is the male female thing had changed in my seven years away.
1: Yeah.
0: Now I mean, although I've always had girls f- friends that were girls, loads of them, you know,
1: yeah.
0: all the time. But now it was a different. Because like, even when we used to go out, it used to be all the blokes and then all the girls. Then you know, we'd meet up later on, and it wasn't like that anymore. Friends were just friends, male or female. It's nice, isn't it? Yeah, but it was hard to get my head around because I just walked straight into that. Yeah. And another thing that fucked me up going off off piece just a little bit is when people when I come out people went mobile phones were not a thing when I went away when I come out people were talking on these headsets it was just like a fucking earpiece with a little mic next to it to piss. Oh, I thought I'd thought I fucking police following me everywhere <laughs> <laughs> fucking paranoid as you like but yeah going from one institution straight into another and they were polar opposites I, I found that quite hard um, but for a year, I was just going to these exhibitions, meeting these fuck, now world famous artists, um, and they're talking to me on a level, you know. Um, and I'm taking the students with me to these big fucking after parties. It's and you must have been the
1: man if you were like in an art party. felt club, like, like it. yeah, I know.
0: them. and and what was it good? one, when when the person who ran the masters, the M- the MAs, yeah. he came to me because we was having visiting artists he came come to me, and he'd won the Turner Prize, right? This Grenville Davy, And he came to me and he went, oh, what was the artist? He went, oh, do you know so-and-so? Because he'd gone round about all the artists I knew. He said, do you know so-and-so, Cornelia Parker? And I went, yeah. He went, would you be able to get hold of her and trying to get her to give a talk? And I went, yeah, sure. And I didn't see anything of him. My mate Lee, who I'm still best friends with now, yeah. he went, fucking you've just had a turn the prize winning artist ask you if you can have a fun, if you can get in touch with an artist for him you
1: know and that's that when i really just gone woof. yeah upside down world just totally totally changed yeah that means been a bit hard to take at points that is pretty amazing though girl It really is
0: it wasn't until the end of the first year and then universities are shut for like three months and I was still I was I was still going into my university studio every day for that three months. Um I was there was me and like this Lee I'm talking about. Lee would go in about three times a week. I was going in seven days a week.
1: So were you still, like, living there then? No. So you I were, was
0: living just down the road in in, in Romford.
1: Oh, okay, right, well, yeah. Um,
0: but then yeah, I sort of as if I had like a little burnout or a breakdown or I I don't know what it was, but either way. It weren't a good weren't a good thing. and I had, I had a few things go on at the time my granddad died i was trying to resuscitate him you know that sort of thing oh,
1: right, that, that right. fucked me up yeah. took me
0: so bad i tried uh, not i didn't try to do myself that was an exaggeration but i was looking at ways which would be the best way for me to do it i got to that point where i was going right i don't want to do myself like me wrists dang me and then I found the one that I was going to do. So I was just—I've got myself
1: to that point. This is something I was thinking about today. Is that quite often when when you might from the outside you're looking in and someone seems to be so much on the up. You know, it's like you know, you know the artist is doing really well. Your work's coming out great, and like you've got this whole future ahead of you, and you've pushed this other life away, and you're doing so well. Yeah. And like, it's really hard for people to see that within that you might be fucking in your head, thinking, yeah, yeah. I want to die. Yeah. Like, people really often struggle to see that in me, because I just don't really come across that way. Mm. But I'm like, I wear a lot black. <laughs> <laughs> like, it is in there, it can happen.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. So how did you get out, so what did you do? How did you pull out of it? Uh, oh, that is, it's one of those, I'm not a spiritual person, right? But, uh, I tell you what, nor am I though, mate, but I do, like, I, I have learned that there's more going on. Because it's those kind of things that get me through. Right, well,
0: I, it, it, my granddad died, he just passed away, but I happened to be there, and it was like one o'clock in the morning. My nan had phoned me up, asked me to go around to help move him, because he'd got himself in a funny position. She couldn't move him, you know. Yeah. So I've moved him. She thought he, he weren't breathing so i'm trying to resuscitate never had a clue about resuscitation right so i'm trying trying and just before he died when, when i moved him he was still alive then obviously when i moved him, he went to me he looked at me and he went you're a good boy right so was the last words he ever said you're a good boy right so no matter what happens i'm a good boy in my head right? yeah yeah so um yeah i tried to resuscitate. Him. it wouldn't happen Ambulance service come up. They've done the adrenaline in the heart. They was and they, they said he's gone. And then I've always been ashamed of this, but I put it on the fucking ambulance driver or the paramedic. And I went like, "You fucking go down them stairs, You work on him in front of my because by this time my aunts were there, my uncles were there, you know."
1: Yeah, that, you were
0: running on fucking. E- either, either way, it was wrong. Yeah, but, you know, you didn't know it at the but time. I said, I said, don't you let them know that he's dead. You yeah, know, they, they're going to find out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, anyway, from that... Um, like, as I said, my dad weren't about when I was a kid. My granddad was my father figure. Yeah. But, by this time, I was with my other half, who I'm still with now. And, like, I'd, we'd stay together from that night. All, I was up all of that night. From the next night, I went to bed. I was having these horrific nightmares. Not just scary; they was horrific. It, it would start with um, me being at his funeral. This was before he died. Me being at his funeral, the curtains close, and then the fire starts. I run through the curtain, open the door, and I'm trying to pull the coffin out. The coffin lid's open. My granddad's looking out, half a face,
1: all burned. And that's a response to trauma. Uh, of
0: course, yeah. At the top but this was yeah. every yeah. Listen, this was every night
1: oh, fucking
0: N- not 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 like but for about three months every single night and after it would get progressive it'd be more yeah. uh, i'd open up and he'd be holding his hand out and i'll be trying to get his hand but there'd be flames and stuff and then he'd be calling me gary 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 help help and then it was just getting worse and honestly I mean, my wife's in the other room. She, she'd be able to back. You have back me up on this. Got to the point it was so horrific, I would be vomiting in my sleep. Where it's ah,
1: honestly, I'll
0: it. wake, you know, I wake up and I'm, I'm reaching. Where it's what I'm seeing is so. I'm not even going to go beyond what I saw. And I'd get up in the night. And I'd, I'd be running, puking as I running to the bathroom. And I couldn't, I couldn't take that anymore. This is the night it changed. Right. <laughs> And my nan when I can't remember where she went on like this little... I've got an uncle who's got a few quid. He treated my nan to a holiday, right? So, my nan asked if me and Jenny, my other half, would stay round... Because we, we didn't have our own place, but we were together. She was, I think she was pregnant at the time. Yeah, she was pregnant at the time. Um, would we stay around and look after The Yes. Now, we were sleeping in the bed that I was fucking resuscitating my granddad in, right? So I'm thinking, and I'm still having these dreams, and in, it's weird, but in, in the dreams, my wife knew when I was having the, the terrors, because I, she said I'd, like, I'd be laying on my side, and I'd be, it's as if I was cycling my feet, going round like that, you know, I don't know what fuck knows what that means. <coughs> but we was in my nan's bed, and I'm late, I'll get a little bit upset now, sorry. We're in my nan's bed, and I'm asleep, and the terrors have started again right the same thing i've i've gone running it, it i was like running through i was at his funeral running through the people like you know cutting through trying to push them out the way to get to the curtains so it was about to start again so i knew what i was i knew what was about to happen but i've opened the curtains and then i mean there was a film i saw when i was a kid and it was to do with i think it was palm sunday when like the uh, slaves were holding I know a nobleman up on the no have them on the chair. Yeah. So I've opened the curtains expecting the horror to start. And then my granddad's up on his phone being held by these people and they're walking along. And oh sorry, I'm getting a little bit upset. Oh wait! Yeah, oh sorry, I'm getting a little bit upset. But he was waving at me. Sound still all
1: right.
0: Yeah, he's going
1: you're alright. Oh sorry about this. Oh, no, Gary! That's one of the most amazing things I have ever heard. Yeah,
0: but he was was as if he was going up in the air as well. I I don't know where the people were holding him, but he was looking behind this um, chair and at me. It's alright. Never had him after that.
1: Harry, I've got, like, five minutes. (laughs) And I just don't think I've ever had a better guest.
0: Yeah, so bad. Yeah, this is the art, yeah. man. Look, sitting him in fucking
1: chairs. No, but I just think he's so lovely. Yeah, Like, what an amazing thing. And it's just, you know what? Uh, when my grandpa died, I think my si- my sister was waiting for something like that to happen to her, mm. and I think she's been always been quite upset that he never did. And it's so lovely that that happened for
0: you. Yeah,
1: shit happens, do not it, What an amazing fucking story. Gary, you're, like, you've blown me away on so many levels tonight. <laughs> oh, there you go. You really have. I'm really proud to know you. Oh, thank, thank you, mate. You've done some amazing things that just, no matter what has happened, like, you've just got this fucking massive heart. Oh, like, thank you. I've got massive fucking everything. Look
0: size of
1: me. Uh you know, it's just though like, just just talking about like being in prison and that and then actually the, the turning things around and like caring about people. Nice good now. I'm an artist. The environment is nice, but in the worst fucking environments you've managed to be kind. Uh, Most people well, aren't. Pays
0: off. It pays off.
1: I'd like to do it again. I, I feel like I wanna go. <laughs> I feel like I'd like to do an episode where we go uh, uh, university onwards because I feel yeah, like I we could have probably done another hour. I do
0: wrap it on a bit. I do probably.
1: No, 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 not at all. I've, I've enjoyed every single fucking minute of it.
0: Yeah,
1: I really have. You've been absolutely amazing. <laughs> Good you know? on you. And I, like, I wouldn't just say it. I'm. I'm not that kind of person.
0: No, thank you,
1: Wayne. I've, I've loved it, Gary. You're a fucking blind. <laughs> <man. laughs> Good. Really are. Good. I'm gonna, I'm, I really hate leaving it there.
0: But, I think you're quite all right.
1: But I'm gonna have to.
0: You're lucky to get the granddad story. Very, very few people get that, I even can... in person.
1: And that bit is fucking amazing. Oh, I there think you go. Like, like Life-affirming, um, <laughs> you know, story that makes you think, I'm gonna fucking keep going. You know, yeah. it's one of those stories that make you think, fuck it, I, like, I'm fucking...
0: All right. I, I always say it's been an uphill struggle, but I, I seem to be plateauing out
1: now. Well, yeah, I feel exactly the same, actually. Good. Like, now I feel like my life started to become good. It's
0: good and to I talk. It's amazing. good to talk. That's, yeah. that's Bob Oskins, it's good to talk. Right, right. It
1: yeah, helps. Right. Thank yeah. you so much,
0: Gary. I appreciate it. You're welcome, way. mate. You're Anytime.